Hi, everyone, and welcome to the June 18th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Quebec-based auto group HGREG continues to aggressively expand in the United States. So on today's show, we'll find out what makes the U.S. market so attractive to Canadian dealers, how the high-flying loony is affecting business decisions, and we'll compare the used car market on both sides of the border. All that and more when I speak with President and CEO at HGREG, Mr. John Harabedian, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. John, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you, Greg. I truly appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Uh, you've recently expanded into California. You have dealerships and stores in Florida and Quebec. Um, I'm curious, what makes the U.S. such an attractive place for dealers to do business and expand right now? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. So we initially entered the U.S. market in 2009. Uh, as a company uh, out of Canada, we always went to enter the U.S. market. And back then, uh, the Canadian dollar was at par with the USD. So one Canadian dollar was equal to one U.S. dollar. And we felt that, that this was uh, a great opportunity because uh, this was a once-in-a-century opportunity. So this is when we decided to enter the U.S. market uh, because of just a large volume of transactions. And we felt like there was a need uh, for our business model and our concept uh, that would resonate with the consumers there. You mentioned the dollar. It's flying relatively high right now as we speak. Um, it's not at par, but it's at highs it hasn't seen in years. Um, does that make it more enticing right now for you? Are you on the hunt and on the prowl for more dealerships uh, in the States because of the high dollar? So today, uh, in our decision, the, the dollar does not make a difference anymore. Okay. Uh, for us, both countries are, are sustainable on their own. And... Um, uh, our goal is to uh, grow in the U.S., so we are looking at uh, different states across uh, the United States. We recently entered the market in California, mm-hmm. and California w- was for us extremely important. Um, our growth plans is to become a nationwide retailer, both in Canada and the U.S., in the next few years. And we had to have the West Coast presence to be able to facilitate uh, online sales in the West Coast of the United States. So think of processing a trade-in or uh, doing a money-back policy. It just wouldn't make sense to bring that car from the West Coast back to the East Coast. So for us, California was very strategic for that purpose. What's the process like in trying to suss out a suitable store or a suitable group that you'd like to purchase? What makes an attractive buy in the United States or Canada for that matter? If you are a in your position, and you're looking to expand, what exactly are you looking for? What makes an attractive store for purchase? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we've identified uh, uh, the demographics and the markets that we want to be in, uh, but it's mainly uh, volume and density. Um, we won't enter uh, rural markets in the United States. Uh, we'll focus on metro markets and uh, places where there's a large volume of transactions. Is either side of the border more attractive than the other right now? It's funny because we see Canadian groups buying in the United States, I don't want to say all the time, but often, um, but we don't ever see an American group buying in Canada. I just wonder how different they are and if one is more attractive in terms of potential right now than the other. Yeah, it's strange because uh, the U.S. dollar is stronger than the Canadian one. So you would intuitively think that there would be more U.S. Uh, groups entering Canada. 
Um, I don't know why uh, other groups have decided to, to enter the U.S., but for us, it was really a, a, a great opportunity. Do you see yourself expanding in Canada as rapidly as you are in the United States right now? Yeah, so we're looking at uh, both markets. We're looking at growing Canada as well. Uh, Canada is such a um, large territory, and um, covering all of Canada, essentially covering, uh, it's almost almost uh, around the border. So uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't have as many storefronts as the U.S. would, because the the, the population density is around the U.S. border, close to the U.S. border. So geographically, it's very large, uh, but co- covering all of Canada wouldn't be as many storefronts as covering all the United States. Right. Uh, before uh, we get into how the pandemic has changed things, what's it like operating stores in both countries under normal times, if you will? What, what's it like dealing with the border, state and federal taxes, business? I just wonder what the differences are, if there are a lot of headaches, if it's seamless. What's it like... F- I guess I'm saying paint a picture for maybe a dealer who's considering expansion in the U.S. and hasn't done it yet. What is it like operating on both sides of the border? Uh, the U.S. market is a very different market. Uh, it took us some time to adapt and see the differences between the Canadian and the U.S. But as a company, we were able to learn a lot back and forth, and we learned a lot uh, that helped our business in the U.S. and vice versa. So for us, it's been a really great learning opportunity and uh, we understand the differences and nuances between both markets really well. Uh, some examples are like in the U.S., um, cars are sold and delivered uh, the same day. Uh, in Canada, uh, customers buy the car, but they take delivery typically a day or two later. Mm-hmm. Any other differences that jump out at you? Or that, or that maybe a potential um, dealer who's a, looking at potential expansion might need to be aware of or didn't think of? Does anything else jump out at you as as different and, and something that maybe you need to consider before you purchase in the U.S.? I mean, uh, the U.S. has different uh, laws and regulations for every state. So just being vigilant and understanding that the U.S. is more like uh, different economies in every state and different regulations. So just being uh, just being understanding of the market and the different uh, place in the U.S. is really important. Is the consumer different on on either side of the border? Yeah, so our uh, average selling price in the U.S. is um, higher than our Canadian one. So in the U.S., our average selling price is about twenty two to twenty three thousand, and in Canada, it's fifteen thousand. Oh, okay. What's the what do you see as the difference for the uh, the the gap in pricing? Are we just, do we just not spend as much in Canada or do we have less buying power? I just wonder what leads to that difference in price. So what we've seen from buyers, from our buyers, is that Canadians when purchasing a car are much more conservative uh, in the dollar amount of cars that they would buy. Um, and uh, we've seen that in our average selling price. Gotcha. So uh, some of our uh, best selling cars in the U.S. Um, are a lot of the luxuries that have uh, depreciate a lot and as pre-owned cars they're great pre-owned cars in canada our top car lines are oftentimes the japanese or the korean brands uh, for those who haven't connected with h craig on linkedin i i have to say this your promotional videos are really well done um there's high production value in all of them the ones that i watch 
Tell me about your company's philosophy when it comes to video, particularly online. You seem to be in tune. Um, I don't want to say aggressive, but you're out there. Um, you can't miss these videos. As I said, they're they're high uh, production value. What's your philosophy behind videos online? So I first want to say uh, we have an amazing marketing team, and it's all because of them. But just to add some more uh, light on, on that. So mm. uh, we view video marketing as an opportunity to provide educational insights to help customers make the right decision for themselves. And our content is meant to delight and educate. So it is not pushing short-term sales, but educating customers to make the right decision. And if that means they're going to be buying from us, then great. I'd like to talk used vehicles for a bit. Uh, I'm wondering if you've noticed an uptick in inventory moving south to the U.S. dealerships from the northern Canadian dealerships. What's that flow been like? Yeah, so uh, there's always been with the um, arbitrage and dollar uh, cars that are moving from Canada to the U.S. Uh, what we've seen with USMCA is we've seen a shift of what car lines have been going to the U.S. Um, but uh, even today, even the dollar the spread being at a dollar twenty-one this morning, uh, there's still a fair amount of uh, cars getting sent to the U.S. Is there more now than there has been in the past? No, we don't think a large increase in absolute uh, volumes compared to what we're seeing in the past. Have the number of vehicles that you send to your U.S. stores increased amid the pandemic overall, say over the last 15 months? Um, because we've heard of used car shortages as people don't want to commute, perhaps, on public transit. They'd like to be in their own car. They're looking for cheaper options. Has the number of vehicles you send to your U.S. stores increased over the last 15 months or so? Yeah, they have. So we've been uh, uh, strategically, we've, uh, we have presence in the U.S. and we have presence in Canada. So we're able to uh, send the car uh, that a customer is giving on, us on trade from Canada and retail that car in the U.S. Uh, so yes, we've been able to take advantage of that and help customers uh, get into new cars uh, in Canada. Is one market tighter than the other? Are used cars more uh, available in the United States or more readily available in Canada? Or is, is one short and, and one not? Just compare the two markets if you could. Yeah, so historically, I would say the Canadian market uh, always had a tighter supply than the U.S. Um, in the last few months, uh, we've seen uh, the U.S. market actually be lower in supply than the Canadian one um, in, day, in day supply. Uh, so this is, this is something that we believe that it's going to fade away with uh, the microchip issue getting resolved. Um, and we're going to see a market that's back to normal probably towards the end of the year. Historically, it's always been that the Canadian market was a bit tighter than the U.S. How much of this is being affected by the microchip shortage right now on the use side of things? Is it having an effect over there? And if so, what is that effect? So the fact is there's less supply. And because there's less supply and a high amount of demand, uh, we're seeing a large increase in used car prices. The pandemic is winding down. Do you see a shift to more personal uh, mobility, more personal transit as people move away from Uber and taxis and uh, perhaps subways and things like that. Do you foresee or what do you foresee happening in both the new uh, vehicle market and the used vehicle market? Does this pandemic shift more people into cars, do you think? Yeah, good question. So before the pandemic, there was a lot of 
noise that um, car ownership is is dead and that no one in the future would possibly own a car. I think after the pandemic, uh, a, a lot of people in the industry have realized that there's a lot of noise in our industry. And it almost seems like everyone is trying to disrupt us. And you can get lost in the headlines out there. Um, and as retailers, we have to differentiate between what's a noise and what's a signal. And in the changes that are coming in the next few years, which one has true substance? What we've realized with the pandemic is that car ownership is not dead. People view uh, their cars as extensions of their phones. And it's a, a, a personal a space for them where they can put their tennis rackets or their hockey bags. Um, and it's not something that uh, they're willing to share, um, which has been which has been great. So I think car ownership is definitely uh, here to say, stay. That doesn't mean that a lot of people will um, use um, ride-sharing services like Uber or po- possibly driverless cars in the future. John, I thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh, great insight in both the new and used and, of course, cross-border expansion. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Greg. It's been great. Thank you so much. We reached John at his office in Florida. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody. 